Welcome to the podcast of C3 Church with today's message. Woo! My goodness, I'm getting burned up already and I haven't even started. Woo! All right now. All right, so we're going to get in the Word. You guys ready? Okay, so our message today is called The Company You Keep. So depending on what you keeping is what you're going to produce. So so we're going to get into that, okay? All right. So here's our scriptures. We're going to start in the book of Matthew 12, verses 33 through 37. And then we're going to jump. Now, guys, get ready. We're going to be in Proverbs a lot today. We're going to do a Proverbs walk later, okay? So just keep your finger in the book of Proverbs. So we're going to jump to Proverbs 4, 20 20 through 27. And then Proverbs 25 through 26. So we're going to start with with Matthew 12, 33 through 37. And it says as this, either make the tree good and make its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. So... I want to pull out two key words that that we're seeing there. We're seeing good and we're seeing bad. Notice there's no mixture. There's no in-between that doesn't say and and either make a a tree good and bad. There's no in-between. So there's no mixture. So either we're a good tree producing good fruit or we're a bad tree producing bad fruit. Uh Um, And then it says, uh, bird of vipers. How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance, the heart, the mouth will speak. A good man, out of the treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and an evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth evil things. So what's in your heart is what's going to come out. But I say to you that every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words, you will be either justified, and by your words, you will either be condemned. So let's go to the next one. That is Proverbs 4, 20. They're not so. Okay, starting with verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my saying. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence. Here we go again, for out of it, Spring the issues of life. Put away from your put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead. In other words, you need to keep them on Jesus. And your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left but remove your foot from evil. Now, notice it doesn't say God will. You have to. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to crack in that a second. Let's just run over to Proverbs 25. 
the righteous should choose his friends carefully. Oh, wait a second. I'm sorry. I turned to the wrong page. See, I told you I got so many Proverbs marked. Where am I? 25, 26. Sorry about that. There we go. A righteous man who falters, which means stumbles, before the wicked is like a murky spring and a polluted well. Now, I already told you guys that there is no in-between fruit. You're either speaking words of life or you're speaking words of death. You're either producing good fruit or bad fruit. Either your tree is good or your tree is bad. And depending on what that is, is what you're going to bring forth. So we have to be very careful, saints of God. And it's a daily walk. It's a daily walk. We have to choose to be a good tree, to produce good fruit. Because it's easy for us to fall into sin. We have to be careful how we stand lest we fall. And, and, yeah, we all have goatish behavior, like Elder Diane said. You know, we all sometimes have a moment where we don't act right. But there's a difference between you having a moment and you living habitually in a life of sin. So we're going to set some people free today, praise the Lord. So I found this note in the commentary, and I wanted to just share it with you. Um, we're talking about our heart and our words and what comes forth out of it. And this says that your heart is the fountain, and your words and the words you speak are the streams. If you have a troubled fountain and a corrupt stream, then you will bring forth a muddy and polluted stream. In other words, saints of God, if you're full of clutter, you're full of dirt, you're full of funk, you can't, you're not going to have rivers of giving water in you and living water. Because all that's going to come out is toxic mess. And then they stand in there thinking, well, I just want to lead people to the Lord. Ain't nobody want what you got because they see that mess and they don't want to drink your dirty water. I'm just saying. I'm so glad I can be real. I don't know if the world's ready for me. I I don't know. (laughs) Woo! Because we should never give in to that life of sin. As a matter of fact, we are to expose it. We're not supposed to pat somebody on the back and say, oh, it's okay, you're a champion. Yeah, you're fornicating. Yeah, you're cheating. Yeah, you're lying. You're a narcissist. But that's okay, you're a champion. See, you said the little prayer, so now automatically you've got a good tree. But the sad thing is there's a lot of people in the church who think that they're saved. But you may not be. Because you got to look at, examine what's going on in here, saints of God. If you are of God, you're going to produce good fruit. It's plain and simple. That's how we we discern our disciples is by the fruit they produce and what they give out. And if you don't see good fruit in someone, but they're claiming, oh, I'm a Christian. I've been saved for 25 years. And they, they, you know, they throw all that on and then they quote scripture at you. And you're just looking at them like, are you sure? Now, again, guys. Only God knows where people really stand. But you, you, you all know people like that, right? I'm, I'm not alone, right? Okay, I just want to make sure. But it, and it breaks my heart, saints of God. It really does. It breaks my heart to see so many people 
think that maybe they are saved, but they're living a life of mixture, and they're in bondage, and they're not able to, to give that living water that they're supposed to be giving. But instead, it's polluted, and it's mixed, and it's nasty. God vomits it out, saints of God. He doesn't want that. You're either hot or you're cold. And it just hurts my heart because I see that so much in, 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 in people that I meet who claim to be Christians. And it, and it does hurt my heart. It's more than just that I'm looking at them like, yeah, you crazy. It's more like I'm grieving because I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, like you've been saved for 25 years, but you're just a church-going so-called Christian. So you're operating in the religion, but you're denying the power thereof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They go through the motions. And, guys, I can talk about it because I used to be that way. I was. I grew up in church, and my parents made me go to church, and, you know, there were times in my life I loved it, and at times I hated it. But I'd go to church because it was either that or I got in trouble, so I went to church. And I could just remember that church, as I got older, it just became a way of life for me. It was more like I just went because I'm a Christian. That's what I'm supposed to do. So I'll go clubbing Friday and Saturday night, but then I'll come up into the house of God with a smile on my face, looking all cute, having my perfume on, looking all tight and right. But I was a mess inside. I was a mess inside. I had a mouth that, oh my gosh, everything was effing something. The F word was my favorite word. I couldn't say anything without effing, 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 effing. And I know it seems weird, doesn't it? Those of you who know me, you're like, what? But yeah, yeah. Everything, I couldn't say a sentence without saying the F word at least three times. At least. At least. It wasn't a good sentence without the F word. And so... <laughs> I'm just saying, the Lord brought me a long way. Um, <laughs> but I know, right? But seriously, like, that's how I was. And I thought that I was tight and right with God because I said the prayer, you know, the Billy Graham prayer, you know. I, I, I come to church every Sunday, and I give 10%. I'm a good Christian, so I thought. So I was doing all the motions, guys. But I, but I was wondering why my life was so jacked up and why I couldn't, I couldn't do anything and why things were just falling apart. And, and God had to strip me of everything that I thought that equaled to who I was. He knocked me down with an illness for 10 months. I lost my job. I lost people in my life, which in a way, now that I look back, it was a blessing because they weren't really my friends. I thought they were my friends, but they really weren't because they were only liking the Erica that was having the good times. The Erica that had the money to spend. The Erica that was laughing and joyful. But I'll tell you what, for those of you who know who have been stricken in your body, there's nothing worse than when your body gets attacked by an illness. Because when you are sick and you can't even get out of the bed, you get a whole different perspective. Yes, you do. Yeah. Because you can't, you can't hide behind anything anymore. Your troubles that you try to ignore, and that's what I was doing. I was running from my past trying to ignore everything, trying to ignore God. I thought I knew it all. And boy, he had to knock me down low. But saints of God, I laid 10 months. I was sick as a dog. You can ask Max. I, I think by the time they discovered what was wrong with me, I only weighed like 104 pounds. And to give you an indication, today I weigh 144 pounds. So that gives you an indication of how tiny I was. Hey, I love every pound of me. I love every pound of me. I ain't ashamed. But... <laughs> But just to 
give you guys a reality of how much smaller I was. I couldn't even stand up straight. I was so weak. I couldn't eat. I couldn't think. But that was when God started ministering to me. That was when he started showing me my heart. That's when he started showing me, Erica, I so love you, but you don't get it. See, this relationship that we have, it's a relationship. It's not a form of religion. You can't just staple me to you and somehow think that that's all that it is. Because the thing of it is, saints of God, God wanted to reach my inner soul and my heart. He wanted all of me. He didn't want me just walking through a form of religion, but denying his power. He, he knew. He predestined, and he knew what he placed in me. And so he had to reach down low and strip me of everything that I had to reveal the things that he's placed in me and to reveal just how much I needed him. Because I'll tell you what, saints of God, when all else fails, God will never fail you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And when all my friends left me and all people turned their back on me, God was right there in the midst of it. When I felt like I was going to lose my mind because I didn't know what was wrong with me. Doctors couldn't figure it out. God was right there encouraging me, pulling me through. The only ounce of peace that I had was his word. His word. And see, what happened was I was, I was um, withdrawing from antidepressant because my life was such a mess. I was on pills to try to cope with everything that I was dealing with, but I wanted to get off of it. So my body was going through crisis. Yeah. And I didn't know that. The doctors didn't know that. And for anyone who's ever been through that, or if you've never heard of anyone going through that, that stuff messes you up when you try to get off. I didn't understand that you have to go slow. I was just doing it blind. And let me tell you guys, my thoughts, I I would be just driving and all of a sudden I would pull over and start freaking out and having a major panic attack, not knowing where I was, who I was, where I was going. My thoughts would race. I had no peace, but the only peace I had was in his word. And that's where he showed me who he was and what he, he wanted to do in and through me. But there were things he had to uproot and get rid of. So saints of God, I just want to encourage you with that because pastor says all the time, there's two ways that we get it. We either get it through revelation or we get it through tribulation. And God had to take me through a severe tribulation. He had to strip me down to basically nothing. I had no more pride. What did I have to be proud of? Oh, I'm sick. Well, that ain't nothing to be proud of. I had my hair falling out. I, I I, I I looked like I came from a concentration camp. That's nothing to be proud of. But God, look, God healed me and he delivered me. He healed me from the inside out. And he helped me to see that, Erica, your walk with me is just so much more than going to church. It's so much more than what you're speaking. It's how you're living. And you haven't been living for me. You've been living a life of mixture. You've been allowing man and other people to control and manipulate you and tell you what's acceptable and what's not. So saints of God, I can testify to his miracle because I am a miracle. I am a miracle because I tried to take my life and God wouldn't let me do it. So I am just so thankful and grateful to God. I'm so grateful that he delivered me from an unstable and double-minded and disobedient way of life. I'm so grateful to him. I'm so grateful, saints. I can't thank him enough. And that wasn't even in my notes, but I just just wanted to share that with you because I'm a living testimony of that. I was the church. I I was the one who was living the life of mixture. I I was the one that I wanted a little bit of God. I wanted the good things of God. I wanted them to bless me. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Give me, God. Give me, give me. But I wasn't giving him anything in return. 
When he had his arms out to me, you know what I did? Walked away. And there's too many people, guys, that are claiming to be Christians, but they're living that kind of life. And sometimes people aren't even aware of it. Because, see, my problem was I wasn't in his word. See, that's the big, big, big thing right there. As a man and woman of God, you cannot say that you are saved and not get in this for yourself. You cannot, you cannot rely on the word that he gives. You can't rely on the word I give, Elder Diane, Pastor Tim, Elder Antonio, or Pastor Elaine. Now, yes, they're anointed men and women of God, and yes, they give you a great word, and it is doctrinally sound, but we have to be in it for ourselves, guys. We have to feed ourselves daily. We can't just go by what man says, because, guys, we miss it sometimes. We're all learning. We have to remain in a teachable spirit, and we get ourselves in trouble when we get prideful and we think, oh, I, I know the word of God. No, you don't sit down somewhere. No one will ever know it. We're always learning. You're not Jesus. You're not God. So you, you don't know everything that's in the word. I don't care how, how old you are and how long you've been saved. That means nothing. We always need to be learning. We always need to be teachable. So we're going to talk about, <laughs> we're going to talk about toxic company. Hmm. Now this word spoke to me. Because I had to cut some people out of my life that were pulling me down. And I believe that there's some of you in here today that have people in your life that are pulling you down, that God's telling you you need to uproot. Because you will never be able to go to the next level as long as you have those shackles on you pulling you down. So if you guys will give me the flexibility, I'd love to share with you what the Lord gave me. So first I'm just going to um, just read these two little scriptures here. They're powerful. 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. So you can have good morals, but if you're hanging around bad company, guess what? It will corrupt you. Don't, don't, don't think of yourself so prideful and high and mighty that if you keep hanging around that, that it's not going to take a hold of you because it will. Amen. Ephesians 5, 11 says, Have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. So we're not to turn a blind eye. When you see a brother or sister acting crazy, you're not to turn a blind eye, but you need to tell them the truth and love and not participate in that. And God ain't going to make you do it. Let me just put that again out there. This is a choice we have to make, saints of God. So let's see. Oh, praise God. Okay, I got it right. <laughs> so this is the characteristics of toxic people. Now, I know some of you are already looking at that list and you're like, yep, I know that. Yep, I know that. So let's just read them. They're prideful, narcissistic, unteachable, unfaithful, unwilling to change, self-righteous, judgmental and critical, selfish. They're angry and bitter, unforgiving. They have conditional love. See, they love you when you do them what, what, what they want you to do. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But as soon as you don't play by their rules, I'm not talking to you. Well, okay, bye, Felicia. You don't have to talk to me anymore because you want them like that. That's cool. I'll pray for you over here and you go about your way. Love you, bye-bye. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> I 
sincere giver. Woo! Yeah, we're going to get into some of these guys. The victim mentality. Oh, the whole world is against them. Oh, everybody's out to get you. Yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? And negative and pessimistic. You know, people that operate in a negative and pessimistic attitude, I call them having the Eeyore spirit. You guys know Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He always like this. <laughs> always whining, head down, defeated. And you got people rolling up in the church that claim that they're Christians, that claim they're filled with the Holy Ghost. But how can you be filled with that and be, oh, my life stinks. Oh, everybody's out to get me. Oh, I'm a victim. Oh, the devil was beating me up. But why is the devil in your house? What doors are you opening? Because you're allowing them. He, he can't. When we learn in Bible study, the only way that the devil can kill and, and steal and destroy is you have to let him say to God. So what doors are you opening if he's attacking you like that? If he's up in your house, there might be some doors you need to shut. Okay? I'm just saying. But it does. It reminds me of the Eeyore spirit. They're just always down in the dumps. And I'm not talking about, and again, saints, there's a difference. I know we all at times can find ourselves in these positions. It is our flesh. But what I'm talking, I'm not just talking about you have a moment. I'm talking about you're habitually living like this. Every day you're living like this. You're ungrateful. You're fault finding. You're critical. You just walking around. And you know, like Eeyore, yeah, he has Winnie the Pooh as his friend. But the thing of it is, when we walking around like that, you don't have Winnie the Pooh as your friend. You just have Pooh as your friend because you're putting up with stuff that you shouldn't be putting up with. And if you keep tolerating with that poo, you will be a bear. But it won't be Winnie the Pooh. I don't know where that came from. Y'all pray for me. I told y'all I'm crazy. But I'm a good crazy. There's a difference. Let's keep, let's keep that in balance. There's a good crazy and a bad crazy. I'm a good crazy. Praise the Lord. <laughs> That's why I don't turn my back on Jesus, because I might turn bad crazy. So thank you, Lord. But I mean, say to God, right here. If you see these behaviors in yourself, repent of them. If you see these behaviors in other people, pray for them, especially if it's out of character for them. Because, yeah, maybe they are just going through something, and maybe they just need your prayers. But if you notice that this is a way of life for them, they're just always got a tood. There's always a catastrophe, always a problem. And you know how you know how they're wanting to live that way is when you pray for them and the Lord gives you wisdom to speak into their lives and they immediately say, oh, I don't need that. Yeah. When somebody says that, they are full of pride, they are unteachable, and basically what they're saying to you from the inside of their heart, I don't want to change. I'm fine the way I am. I just want to complain. But you know what, saints of God? you got to stop being people's dumping ground. You're not a doormat. And you don't deserve having people in your life that are going like this on you all the time. Always rubbing their you-know-what in you. Don't be a doormat, saints of God. You're going to have to shake yourself up. And you may even have to put your foot down and step away from people who want to live like that. Because the thing of it is, guys, if they don't want help, they ain't going to change. God ain't 
isn't even going to make them change because the only way God can change you is you have to be humble and teachable and submit and yield to him. And until you do that, guess what? You're just going to remain jacked up. And if you keep hanging out with them, you're going to get jacked up too because bad company corrupts good morals. Woo! So now we're going to talk about... Oh, hold on. I think I jumped ahead. Don't look at that. <laughs> we got to go in our walk in Proverbs. Okay, so I told you we're going to go in Proverbs. So this next part is called the warnings of keeping toxic company. We're going to tie it in with scripture. So if you all want to start, we're going to start with Proverbs 12.26. I'm going to go slow here because I want you all to see it in your words. I'm going to give you time to, to turn there, okay? You got it? Okay. <laughs> the righteous, that's us, should choose his friends carefully. For the way of the wicked leads them astray. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, there it is. There you go. That just sums it up right there, right? Okay. Proverbs 13.20, the next page, it reads as this. He who walks with the wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Oh, my goodness. Woo! All right. Got another Proverbs, Proverbs 16.18. Mm, we know this one. <laughs> Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. Mm, 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 mm. So if you're prideful, you just setting yourself up to fall because he resists the proud, he exalts the humble, right? All right. Next one, Proverbs 22.10. Boy, this is good. Y'all don't know, when I was preparing this message, I was running around the house like a crazy person. It was so good. I didn't even know what to leave in, and there was just so much. Whew. Okay, so Proverbs 22.10 reads as this. Cast out the scoffer. A scoffer is someone who's unwilling to change. They're stubborn. And contention will leave. Yes, strife and reproach will cease. So saints of God, if you're sick and tired of having contention and strife in your life, you may need to look at the company you're keeping. And you may need to look in your own heart too because it may be you. All right? The next one, and it's right on the same page, is Proverbs 22, 24, and 25. Proverbs 22, 24, and 25 reads as this. Make no friendship with an angry man. And with a furious man, do not go. In other words, don't act like a fool like he is. Lest you learn his ways and set a snare for your soul. So, saints of God, if you don't want to have a spirit of anger, you need to leave angry people alone. Pray for them, but leave them alone. Don't go there. Don't, don't fuel the fire. Don't justify. Just let them, just let them be. Yeah, just... Yep, there you go. Thank you, Pam. You helping me preach. You want to come up here? Come on, girl. Come on. You look so pretty in that corner. Come on, let the Lord use you, girl. 
the next one that we're going to go to is Proverbs 23, 6 through 8. Mm. Oh, boy. <laughs> Do not eat the bread of a miser. You know what a miser is? That's a greedy and stingy person. Woo! Nor desire his delicacies. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. Therefore, the morsel that you have eaten, you will vomit up and waste your pleasant words. See, saints of God, there's so many people that hmm, they're so prideful and full of themselves that, that they're going through these motions. They're trying to be the good Christian. And so they're doing all these works. They're serving people. Diane, you may even have people sometimes help you with your ministry, Theophilus 3. And they're going through all the, the work, you know, and they're giving. But the sad thing is, is what is in your heart? Because if all they're focused on is me, 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 do I look good in front of everybody? Look at me. Aren't I a good Christian? I'm doing all this. I'm feeding the homeless or I'm hosting people. So therefore, I'm so righteous and so holy. And, and they're stingy and they're giving. They're only giving to you. See, that's that conditional love again. They're only giving to you because they want something from you. They want, some, they want your praise. They want your accolades. Yeah, they want you worshiping them with their lips and putting you on a pedestal. Yeah. But saints of God, when we give, every good thing is from the Father. Yeah. So when we are giving, it's his. He's the one that gives it to us yeah. to give. So for us to take credit of it, it is so wrong. It is so wrong. And when you give like that, the people don't receive. And you don't receive anything either because you already got your reward. As Diane was saying this morning, God loves a cheerful giver. And if you're giving grudgefully or you're giving to receive accolades from man, there's your reward. God ain't going to reward you anymore. You done rewarded yourself. You think you high and mighty. You so full of pride and arrogance that there's no room. Your cup is full. So he has no room to fill you. Your wells are too polluted. He wants to clean you up, but he can't because you're just too full. Look at me. Well, you know what? You may need to sit down and repent and get that gunk out of you. Goodness gracious. And the last uh, scripture in the warnings of keeping toxic company will be Proverbs 25, 19. Man, Proverbs is chock full of stuff. Woo! Mmm. Okay. So. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> I'll take it some of y'all are reading it already. Woo! The confidence in an unfaithful man in a time of trouble. Wow. Woo, it's like a bad tooth or a foot out of joint. Now, I don't know about you. I've never had a foot out of joint, but I've had a bad tooth. Yeah. And, and <laughs> look, that, that will bring you to your knees. If you didn't know God before, you might know him after that because you're going to be in some pain. Oh, God. Every time you breathe, it just hurts. And it's like that deep, deep-rooted hurt, right? And that's, that's the same thing when, when you put your confidence and you trust people who are bad company. They're not really your friends. They're actually a foe. They're wolves in sheep's clothing. They're goats. And they acting like they're your friend. And yeah, I got your back. And I'll keep your secrets. And I'll stand by you. But honey, as soon as you give something to them, guess what? They're running everybody. Did you hear what so-and-so did? Did you hear what so-and-so said? And guess what? It comes back and it bites you and it hurts. 
It hurts. It breaks your heart. It hurts because you trusted somebody that you thought you could trust. You, you, you were, uh, um, you were, um, oh goodness, what's the word? You, you humbled yourself. You, you, you broke down those walls around your heart to, to let someone in because you needed some encouragement. You needed some prayer. You needed a friend. You needed a shoulder to cry on. And they fooled you with their fakery. And you thought, you thought that they would, that they would give that to you, that they would be there for you. But then all they do is turn their back on you. And not only they turn their back on you, but they cut you. They cut you and it cuts deep. And saints of God, we got to be very careful who we trust. We have to operate in discernment, saints of God, especially in today's world. Because just like Elder Diane teach, there are so many people dressed like sheaves, but, uh, sheep, but they're really wolves. And we have to operate in discernment so that we can see. So you can discern the bad that they're giving you. <laughs> I'm just saying, hey, look, sheep and goats, they both say bah, right? But they have a different dialect when they do their bah. So you got to listen to that. Is that a holy bah? Or is that an evil bah? And you got to use discernment. You got to discern that, saints of God. I know it's funny, but it's true. It's true. Their speech is so similar that it can fool you. Unless if you grew up on the farm and you're used to hearing a sheep or a goat, you won't know. You'll just hear, Bleh. and you'll be like, oh, I think I hear a sheep, and you turn around, it's a goat. So, saints of God, we have to operate in discernment. you got to discern. You better be careful who you turn around on, because you know what goats will do. I thought about this when you preach with a goat, what they do. See, you can't trust a goat. Because if you got your back turned towards them and you reach down and pick something up, they're going to headbutt you. And that's just what a goat does. They wait till you down. They headbutt you. And they knock you down. And then you get hurt, right? A sheep don't do that to you, but goats do. Sheep are gentle and lowly, but goats are mischievous. And as apostle, you preach one time, they always show in their tail. That's what they do. That's a goat for you. So... Learn to discern the bad, okay? So the next thing we're going to talk about is the effects of toxic company. So the first thing, and this is what we will see in ourselves when we're around people we shouldn't be. You do not love yourself or see yourself the way God does, which hinders you from loving and seeing others the way God does. The second effect of toxic company is you become critical and judgmental of yourself, resulting in becoming critical and judgmental of yourself. Now, y'all notice this theme, right? As he thinks in his heart, so is he. And whatever you are producing in here is what's going to come out. So you can't be beating yourself up and feeling like garbage, and then speak life into other people, it ain't going to happen. Because you don't have the reserves. Your well's polluted. You struggle to forgive yourself of your mistakes, so therefore, you struggle to forgive others for their mistakes. You think and speak negatively to yourself, causing you to think and speak negatively of others. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, speaks. So whatever you're feeding your heart and your soul, that's what you're going to produce, saints of God. You can't feed yourself junk 
It's like the natural diet. If all you do is feed yourself junk, you're going to have health issues. And it's the same thing in the spirit world. You can't just feed yourself junk of the world and somehow think that you're going to have this anointing where God can use you to bless other people and speak life because there's no life in you. Praise God. Whew. So I wanted to just, um, just share this with you. Um, you know, this word's really been speaking to me deeply. And some of you know, some of you I've shared this with, some of you I haven't. But I, I grew up in a very toxic environment. Now, I love my parents. They're wonderful people, and I do believe they did the best they could. But both of my parents were very um, toxic, especially my mother. And a lot of it has to do with past hurts and things that she didn't deal with. And that's what can get you in trouble is when, when you're not giving your heart fully to the Lord and letting him heal your heart. Because if you don't, then you just, you're just harboring all that inside. And you think you're over it, but you're really not. So I grew up in a toxic environment. So I, I understand this message because it speaks to me. And the thing of it is, is that God put this in my spirit. And he said, sometimes our relationships with people are so deep-rooted that we don't always understand the magnitude or the effect that it has on us. Yeah, right. yeah. And speaking from myself, I am a woman of God. I love God with all my heart, saints. And I joke with people sometimes when I have to get up here, I'm always trying to give it off to someone like, like Pam, do you want to preach for me? But guys, I wouldn't trade this for anything in the world, as nervous as it makes me, because this is what God called me to do. And I am honored and humbled that he would choose somebody like me, a wretch like me, to stand before his people and to give a word. And so, but what happened, because I grew up in a toxic environment, in a negative environment, there were some very deep-rooted roots deep down inside of me. And there would be areas that I thought I was over. But then it would spring up again. Yeah. And the depression and anxiety would keep springing up. And I'm like, God, what is causing this? I'm a woman of God. You didn't give me a spirit of fear. But why does that keep coming up? And I was really seeking the Lord because I could not understand it. And he had to reveal the truth to me. And guys, this was very hard for me. But I, had, I saw my parents for how they really were. And what I saw was not pretty. And what I saw was extreme toxicity to a point to where Max and I had to talk with pastors because I didn't know what to do because I was like, well, I kind of want to cut off communication with them, but they're my parents. You know what I mean? They, they, my mother gave birth to me. They raised me. And so I felt like a traitor for cutting them out of my life because I felt like I owed them that. But talking with them, they confirmed it in me before I even told them that that's how I was feeling. And I, I believe it was you, Mama spoke right out and said, honey, you just need to cut them out of your life. Because the sad thing is, saints of God, as much as you love somebody, when they're affecting you like that, if you allow them to stay in your life, they're just going to keep squeezing you. Those roots are going to keep tightening and going deeper and deeper and deeper. And you will never heal as long as you allow those roots. And it's like even in your garden when you think about it, you know, you guys get weeds in your yard from time to time. And some of them are nasty. Some of them grow through concrete. They are some hardy plants. Just like the, the, your heart, there's some hardy roots and weeds in your heart that a little tug just ain't going to do it. You can run it over with the lawnmower every day, and that weed is still going to be there because it's alive. You, you just don't see it, but it's still alive. And see, that's what I was doing all those years. I was just running the lawnmower over my heart. Oh, oh, I see it. Uh, all right, it's gone. The next day, 
oh man, it's here again. And I was going through that in my spirit, like, God, what is wrong with me? What is causing this? This is not of you. And guys, one thing I love about the Lord is that when you're humble and you really seek him, he will show you. But be prepared because the things he may show you may not be what you want to see. So we have to be humble and see God knew that I was humble. He knew I was ready. And so saints of God, what I want to encourage you in this is that sometimes there's such deep rooted things in you, especially when it comes to your family. See, negative friends, they're easier to pull out. Your friends really haven't been in your life that long. And yeah, it hurts you because you love them, but, but they're a little bit easier. Their roots are a little shallow. But when it comes to your parents, woo, your whole life, that's all you've ever knew was anger and contention and negativism and narcissism and, and this victim mentality and always being angry and always being bitter. And that's what you grew up around with strife and, and, and foolishness. So then, then, then you, you grow up thinking that, you know, and my parents, my parents were Christians, they go to church, but then I'm seeing all this stuff and I'm like, even as a kid, I couldn't understand it, but I had to tune it out as a kid. I just had to cope. I had to cope to survive because if I didn't do what I was told to do, I would get the heck beat out of me. So I had to learn as a kid, you don't stand up for your rights. You don't speak truth. You just be quiet because if you try to defend yourself, your mom's going to knock you out. So I had to learn as a child, Erica, you just shut up. And see, I've struggled with that as a woman of God because God's put a boldness in me that because of that upbringing, I've had trouble to speak what's on my heart with boldness. I've been timid like this, like afraid that I'm going to get hurt. And see, saints of God, that's not how God wants us to live. But because that root was so deep down inside of me, I couldn't go further. I couldn't go further because as soon as I would step out, that weed would come out again. So saints of God, sometimes what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to get on your knees before God. And you're going to have to get your hands dirty. You're going to have to dig. You're going to have to dig. You're going to have to get them tools out, saints of God. Because sometimes a weed, a dab ain't going to do it. A little spray ain't going to do it. Sometimes you're going to have to get that shovel. And you're going to have to dig. And you're going to have to get down in there. And you're going to see bugs. And you're going to see yucky crap. But you're going to have to do it, saints of God. Because if you don't do it, that root will still be alive in you. And it will keep springing. And it will keep choking out. Because that's what weeds do. They choke out. They choke out the fruit. They choke out the harvest. So if you having that root going on, then guess what? It's choking out your harvest. There's some things God wants to bless you with. He wants to extend you into. He wants to enlarge your territory. But he cannot do that because there's this root that keeps hanging on to you. It's time to uproot that root, saints of God. Uproot it. Uproot it. Write this down, Lord Jesus. Woo. Growing up in a toxic environment, you simply learn to put up and shut up until you grew up, got fed up, and decided to get up out of that environment by standing up for your freedom and taking the power back in Jesus' name. It's a work we got to do. God ain't going to do it for you. 
He wants to deliver you. He wants to help you get that root out. But he can't do it if you're not willing. If you want to hang on to that. And I just want to encourage you with this, saints of God. Maybe you're like me. Maybe you grew up in a toxic environment. Maybe you were physically abused, sexually abused, mentally abused. I have a little bit of everything going on my whole life. And what I love about God is, see, saints of God, even if your family's making bad choices, even if your family wants to stay in bondage and they want to stay in sin and they want to operate in those toxic behaviors, you don't have to. You don't have to, saints of God. Just because your parents are one way doesn't mean you have to be that way, saints of God. You can make that choice with God's help. It may seem deep and it may hurt, but you know what, saints of God? He can make a way out of no way. And he can heal your heart more than you could ever imagine. He renews our mind daily. His word says that, saints of God. But we have to be willing to allow him to renew us daily. You don't have to put up with that anymore, saints of God. You don't have to keep walking in that generational bondage. If your family chooses that, then that's their choice. And as much as it breaks your heart, just like it broke mine, I had to I had to write my parents a letter and I had to break off communication with them. And it hurt my heart because I love my parents. I want nothing more than to see them be free, but I can't make them choose that. And I refuse. I refuse. I refuse. I refuse to continue to put up with that and to continue to ignore that root. Take the power back, saints. Take the power back. Stop giving your power to other people. Put your trust in God. That's what gets us in trouble. We trust, and especially when it comes to our parents because they were the ones that raised us. And as children, you looked up to them to provide. We really did, but we, we got to look to God because only he knows what we need. And only he is love. He's perfect love. And he knows how to love us. Thank you, Lord, because I'm a mess. So <laughs> thankful he knows how to love us. <laughs> so write this down. Oh, and Marvellis, I'm glad you're here because this next point, I have to give thanks to your mom. I'm friends with her on Facebook, and she posted this. And she didn't know she was helping me preach. So you can thank her for me, okay? Stay away from negative people. They have a problem for every solution. That's by Albert Einstein. They do. They really do. Like I was saying earlier, you can give them advice, and it's sound counsel. And they're like, oh, I don't need that. And you, you want to just say, oh, sister, yeah, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> you really do. You like, you need it more than you think you do, boo-boo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got too much pride in you. But that's, that's the thing, guys. They always have a problem. But they don't want solutions. Because people that are going through, if, they, if they're talking to you because they want to talk it out and work it out, they're going to listen to what you have to say. Now, it may not work for them, right. but they're going to listen, and they're going to at least try it. Amen. But people that just immediately dismiss you, oh, that's not for me. Yeah. That's for you. Well, how do you know you haven't even tried it? Right. And why are you coming to me, talking to me about Come this on. nonsense that you don't even want to change? What good does that do? All you're doing is clouding up my sunshine. I need you to go away. You being used to the devil. It's a seed of the devil. I need you to go away. 
And that's what it does, saints of God. It's draining. It's draining to be around someone that's always negative, that's always ungrateful. They're looking in the eyes of people that are homeless and then they have the audacity to complain that what they have ain't good enough. I don't make enough money. I, my house ain't big enough. My car is not new enough. But then there's people on the streets who have nothing. They would give anything to have your problems. And we have to be careful, guys, what we're entertaining. Who are you talking to? Who are you listening to? Because if you're operating in that, you ain't talking to God. Your line got disconnected somehow. And your call got dropped. You know what I mean? It got dropped in the pits of hell. And now you got the devil, the father of lies, filling you with a bunch of nonsense and foolishness. And you sitting there and you're like, yeah, thank you, God. And God's like, no, nah, honey, that ain't me. You need to hang up and dial again. Because somehow you got something twisted. company are and this is the fruit of the spirit and let's go there together uh, this is Galatians 5:22. now most of you know this by heart but we're going to read it together anyway yes double double right Marsha double double <laughs> okay Ooh, it's hot up here Woo! I just now realize that <laughs> Woo! okay my goodness Mm-mm-mm. So verse 22, this is godly company. This is who we should, this is who we should be imitating, but this is who we should be surrounding ourselves to. And this not only has to go with people, but it has to go with music, TV, Facebook, anything you're interacting with, saints of God, affects your heart and affects your tree and affects the fruit you produce. So let's read it. By the fruit of the oh, but the fruit of the spirit is love. Joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So in other words, if you claim in that you are a man or a woman of God, then this is what you should be operating in. This is what we should be portraying, saints of God. And um, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. And saints of God, there's so much of that going on, it's pathetic. Even in the church, people getting offended over the littlest things. People, people not looking at the good that's in other people. But the sad thing is, saints of God, if you're polluted and you're thinking bad about yourself, you can't think good about your sister or your brother. Because all you're going to see is their faults because that's all you see when you look in the mirror at yourself. So whatever you feed in yourself is what's going to come out. And I know I already said this, but this bears repeating. We have to be careful, saints of God. We have got to guard our hearts and our minds every day. Every day we have to watch saints of God. And, and this is what I say. And I said this to a friend. I was walking with her talking about this message and, you know, kind of preaching in a way. And, and um, I said, you know, I said, here's my thing. 
This is how I look at it. If you want to live toxic and you want to produce bad fruit and you want to live evil, that's your decision. Okay, that's your decision. That's a choice you're making. But let me say this. If you are going to choose to act like a fool, leave God alone. Stop talking about him. Stop quoting scripture. Stop acting like you a Christian. But then when people get around you, all they're getting from you is toxic foolishness. Because saints of God, what you're doing is, see, people out in the world, they're watching. Yes, they are. You may not think people are watching you, but they are watching you. They see it. So it's vital, saints of God. You've got to choose what side you're on. There is no in-between with God. You're either for him or you're against him. Fruitful, unfruitful, evil or good. And we have to choose wisely, saints of God. And again, like I said, if you want to live a toxic lifestyle, I pity you. I really do because there's so much more in this life and so much walking with God, so much goodness, and he wants to bless you with a good life. But again, saints of God, you have to choose that. But please, if you're going to continue, and you may even need to speak this to family or people in your life, that if you're going to keep living toxic, be quiet about God because God's not in you. You lie into yourself. You're deceiving yourself. And what's happening is you're hurting other people. And you can lead other people astray. You can become a stumbling block yep. for someone else to get yep. to Christ because they're looking at you and they're like, oh, gosh, she's a Christian? Yes, indeed. Really? Yeah. Well, she just cussed me out at work the other day. Yeah. What? You go to church? That's yeah. the biggest insult anyone can ever give you is say, you're a Christian? Yes, indeed. And you see it in their face, too. Yeah. They're just looking like, huh? You know, I mean, like, if somebody says that to you, that is not a compliment because what they're saying to you is, you fooled me. Yeah. I, you acting just like me. Yeah. I'm agnostic. I don't even believe, but you acting just like me. You Christian? Wow. So, saints of God, it is imperative. And I'm not meaning this to, to, to yell at anybody or beat anybody up. And like I said, you know, we all can struggle with toxic thinking. Every single one of us, because those things are in our flesh. But again, saints of God, there is a difference between you having a moment because you're going through a difficult time or you're having a difficult day and you just every day being that way. There is a difference, saints of God, and it may be time for you to cut some people out of your life. It is not easy. It is going to hurt. I have, I have grieved over my parents. I, I've gone through so many mixed emotions. I, I've gone through uh, joy and feeling relieved because now that dead weight is off of me to feeling sad, to feeling angry. Like, God, I don't understand it. I don't get it. And, and even after doing this, it, there's been no, basically, my mom just cut me completely off Facebook. So, like, to me, that's her saying, I really don't care that I've hurt you. I really don't care that I've grieved you like that. It's all about me. And, again, when you've got that victim mentality, you're the victim. Even when you're wrong and you know you're wrong, you're the victim. It's always everybody else's fault. Yes. They're always pointing at everybody else. Well, if you didn't do this or you didn't say that. But saints of God, at some point, we've got to grow up. If you're going to be a man or a woman of God or you're going to claim to be a man or a woman of God, you're going to have to put your big boy drawers or your big girl panties on and you're going to have to own up to it. Stop walking around in diapers, being filled with foolishness and expecting other people to change you and the flesh in your behind while you act like a fool. 
You, you got to put away that foolishness, saints. We have to. We have to. So that's all I got for today, saints of God. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message encouraged you. If you would like to learn more about C3 Church, please visit us in person in Indian Trail, North Carolina at 5805 West Highway 74, Indian Trail, North Carolina, 28079, or on the web, c3churchnc.org, or on facebook.com forward slash c3indiantrailnc.org.